Welcome to Season 1, Episode 9 of the Quiet Room Podcast. This podcast exists to promote and encourage two longtime traditions in our society that seem to be dwindling away, and that is choir and corporate singing. Through this podcast, we hope to revive the excitement and joy experienced with singing in a choir, as well as inform and educate the listener on all things choir-related. This podcast is a production of Metro Music and Arts, whose purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. I'm Greg Thomas, your host, and I will soon be joined by my co-hosts, Dorian Johnson, Mietta Stansu-Farrar, and who we like to call the fourth wheel, Coleman Smart. So let me take this moment to remind you that if you want to be notified whenever there's a new podcast, you can do so by sending the word subscribe in the subject field of an email to the choir room at metromusic-arts.com, or you can simply subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, a couple of episodes ago, we had vocal coach Ashley Gonzalez join us, and I hope some of you chose to follow her on Instagram and Facebook. You'll also note that we introduced a new segment to the podcast titled Know Your Voice. We will continue that segment with different vocal coaches and choir directors who will offer tips and in some cases free training for all of you who are choir members or just singers in general. Now the scripture says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. It doesn't say make a joyful noise if you have a great voice. (laughs) So we want to encourage you to take advantage of the Know Your Voice segments in the coming weeks. Now I want to talk about another segment that's coming to the Choir Room Podcast, and that is called the sit-ins. Yes, the sit-in. Now the sit-in is an opportunity for us to sit in actual choir rehearsals and hear songs from their conception to their first presentation and everything in between. And what we realize here at Metro Music and Arts is that we don't know everything. We don't have all the answers. In fact, we don't know all that there is to know. Nobody does. And so we'll be learning different practices and concepts by sitting in choir rehearsals under the leadership of different choir directors throughout the Northeast, around the country, and across the pond. Now, if you don't know what across the pond is, that means you were probably born in the year 2000 or later. Now, keep in mind that this is only season one, episode nine of the Choir Room podcast. And so a lot of groundwork is being laid as we coordinate and prepare to visit church choir rehearsals, colleges and universities, community choirs, show choirs, and rehearsals for special events choirs. So be on the lookout for the sit-in segment of the choir room. And we've already had this question, will you come to our choir rehearsal? And the answer is absolutely. But you can make that happen by simply sending the request to the choir room at metromusic-arts.com. Now, another thing that we're doing for this segment is we're challenging our listeners to get permission from their choir directors to record some of the rehearsal, a good quality recording that you can send to the choir room so that we can showcase good practices, new practices, different practices. There's so much to learn from so many different choir directors and choir masters. Your choir director may be one of them. So why don't you help us grow this segment by reaching out to your choir director, school, church, college, university, community, etc. And then finally, we'd like to extend to you an opportunity to get even more actively involved in the choir room. And that is by submitting to the choir room your favorite choir song. Again, whether that's church choir, community choir, college or university, 
show choir. If it features a choir, we'd like to hear what it is about that song that moves you, that stirs you, that gets you singing to the top of your lungs in the car, in the kitchen, in the shower. Your favorite choir song. Again, you can submit those to the choir room at metromusic-arts.com. You can submit those at any time. You might be driving in your car and you hear something on the radio, or you're in the house and you're just reminded of that high school favorite or that college choir favorite, or you went to a concert and you heard it. We'd like to know what you're listening to and again, how and why it moves you. And perhaps we'll get the chance to feature your submission right here on the Choir Room Podcast. So now you're in the know. New segments right here in the Choir Room. Know your voice, the sit-in, and your favorite choir song submission. So be sure to follow us on the Choir Room Facebook page for updates on all three segments. Here's Dorian with our Hymn of the Week. Thanks, Greg. This week's Hymn of the Week is Come, O Come, Thou Quickening Spirit. In Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul details the internal war between his old nature, the flesh, and his new nature, which has been regenerated or brought to life in Christ. This chapter details a war that is common to every Christian. And near the end of the chapter, verse 24, we hear this cry of desperation. And he says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then we hear the blessed remedy in verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. And after giving thanks to God for Jesus Christ, who is the answer to verse 24's question, we read this great declaration in Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For the Christian, the one who has been brought out of death and trespasses and sins into life in Christ, the law of the spirit of life has indeed set us free from the law of sin and death. And the spirit of life is the Holy Spirit. And our hymn this week both declares the work of the Holy Spirit and asks him to do that work in us. The first verse calls upon the Holy Spirit as the quickening, or in other words, life-giving spirit, who is God from all eternity. It says, come, O come, thou quickening spirit, God from all eternity. May thy power never fail us. Dwell within us constantly. Then shall truth and life and light banish all the gloom of night. Reminding us of the words of Romans 8, 11, which says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Second verse says, Grant our hearts in fullest measure, wisdom, counsel, purity, that we may ever be seeking only that which pleaseth thee. Let thy knowledge spreading grow, working errors overthrow. And then the third verse says, Show us, Lord, the path of blessing when we trespass on our way. Cast, O Lord, our sins behind thee and be with us day by day. Should we stray, O Lord, recall, work repentance when we fall. 
these verses point to verses 10 and 13 in Romans 8 as well. Verse 10 says, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And verse 13 warns us, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And then the final verse declares that the might and the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who indeed is, is greater than the one who is in the world. It says, Holy Spirit, strong and mighty, thou who makest all things new, make thy work within us perfect, and the evil foe subdue. Grant us weapons for the strife, and with victory crown our life. And so as we desire to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, we acknowledge that each and every day we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as we sing this hymn, may we be reminded of the great work of, of the Holy Spirit, the one who is the deposit of the guarantee to come and the one who helps us to be further conformed to the image of our Lord and Savior each and every day. Hello, folks. We are back again with our CRQ, our choir room question for the day. Does every choir need a choir director to actually direct them? Hmm. Every choir need a choir director to actually direct them. Hmm. Well, what say you? <laughs> well, uh, I think it depends. It depends on the, the type of music um, that's being presented. Um, the, the particular format of the music that's being presented. Um, some some songs require some real intricate uh, lyric placements. And, you know, so you need the, an the anthems when you're dealing with anthems in particular. I think that would be helpful. It was always helpful to have a choir director. Um, I have an example for you. Um, and it says you would need a choir director for, and I might be dating myself when I say this, Benny Cummings. I don't know if anybody remembers. Oh, that. my goodness. Benny Cummings. Benny <laughs> Cummings of A Day Gone By, 70s, 80s. Coleman, you probably have no clue as to who this young man is. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Benny Cummings wrote, or he, he penned an arrangement of It Is Well. Um, Greg would know this. We did, mm -hmm. we did this in the community choir um, that we were uh, singers and musicians in some time ago. This particular song needed a choir director. There was no way in, in the world you could sing that without one, simply because of the format of the song. However, you wouldn't necessarily need a choir director for Richard Smallwood's Total Praise. Right. Because Total Praise, you can just, off the cuff, if you're in the room, everybody knows that. You don't need anyone to particularly stand in front and direct the entire song or any of the song because it's something that we just know. It's a part, almost a part of our breathing at this point. So I think it just, mm. it kind of depends on the type of music that's been given, especially in our church choirs it's been, or even in our, prof <laughs> I'm going to use this word, professional choirs outside. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like I a think, discussion of I the past. See, right? <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it kind of depends on the type of music and flow. I, I, I I started out directing the choir, the choir in which I'm over now, um, but that kind of faded out as time went on because when the, the singers become so familiar with the with the song, with the music, there was no need for me to necessarily stand there and wave. I just kind of 
sang what I'm supposed to sing, and then they would just fall right in. So your thoughts? Well, I think you I think you hit it at the beginning, and that is it depends on the depends on the music. The first song, It Is Well, is uh, more rubato, and so you're at the mercy of the choir director. And, uh, and then the second one is pretty much locked into time. Now, keep in mind that we are often uh, approaching choir directing from a church choir perspective, which is very different from, say, the symphony orchestra. Uh, you take a song like uh, Beethoven's, uh, Beethoven's Symphony 9, mm-hmm. where you've got so many moving parts. The conductor is conducting the orchestra, but he's also conducting the choir. And as it is with a lot of the orchestrations, is that you've got not only key changes in your key signatures, but you've got time changes or time signature changes uh, in the middle of these compositions. And so the choir almost absolutely needs the conductor, or in our case, the director, to get them in and out of the sections of the song in time and with the dynamics that the conductor may want. So I'm going to say that, depending on the type of music, of course, uh, not every choir needs a choir director actually directing them, but we all do much better when we do have one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, you may not necessarily need a choir director, but someone's leading. Someone is leading. And so even in like the example, Mieta, you use the total praise. It could be the person who's playing the piano that's leading because they're making a decision about taking the 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 musicians and the choir back to another part at a certain time. So there is a leader somewhere. It just might not be a person standing who is not in with the musicians and not in the choir, but there is a leader. Um, when, when we think about choir, when we think about congregational singing, even as I stand in front of the congregation and I will lead them in the singing. But if I were to step away, that leadership role becomes the accompanist because they determine what the time is. They determine all of those things about how we're going to sing that song. So even though, so I would say I agree with, uh, with how you characterize and how Greg characterize it, but at the same time for it to be orderly, there has to be a leader of some, some sort. Yeah. Someone's leading from somewhere. And as long as everyone knows who that leader is and follows, (laughs) you'll make it to the end, make it to the end. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you're doing symphony nine, you don't get to deviate from the chart. You, you locked in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're doing hallelujah chorus, you don't deviate from that. You don't say, let's go back to the top. And everybody's like, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Talking about a train wreck. (laughs) I was just going to say, it just depends on context. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, there are some choirs that uh, really don't need that at all. If it's just like a worship choir singing along with uh, whoever's leading the song, but that's like Dorian said, somebody's leading Mm -hmm. and it's probably the worship leader in that case. But I'm also with Mieta. Yes. If, if the song calls for it, it's got to have it. Um, if you can't do certain things without it, uh, like you said as well, Greg. So I'm I'm on the same page with all of you. Um, it's not necessary for everything, but it certainly will not hurt uh, yeah. to have one. If you've got a choir, 
it's not going to hurt you to have a director. There is one, so whether they're standing in front of you or not. There. <laughs> yeah. Greg, I was going to ask, I mean, you remember when we did it as well in uh-huh. DC and even with a choir director, <laughs> we, had a tra- we had a bit of a train wreck. Wow. Well, see, I would say that even with a good choir director, even on the Great Mall in D.C., uh, I I think that's where we were, right? Yeah, that's where we were. Okay. This version? Yeah, it was this version. Oh, wonderful. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) directed that version to me. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> you see, we get to get away with certain things in church choir that most choirs can't get away with. Mm-hmm. And and that is that when you are a confident choir director, you can get away with making a mistake. And the only people who know it are you, the choir and the band. Mm-hmm. However, a song like It Is Well is really unforgiving. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's a challenge. Dorian, since you mentioned the name of a group. And I won't go back and mention it right now, but I'm going to play two tracks, a little pieces of two tracks. And uh, to see how many of our listeners are actually a part of this group and or they know who this is. So if you know who this group is or if you were a part of it, I want you to write us at the choir room at metromusic-arts.com or you can post your answers and comments on the choir room Facebook page. And again, let us know if you know who this is singing and or if you were a part of this group. you to write us at the choir room at metromusic-arts.com or you can go to the choir room facebook page and post your answer and comments there and i encourage you to share that information with a friend who you know may have been a part of that group as well there might be a reunion in your future so we've taken a little time to introduce you to three new segments of the podcast know your voice 
the sit-in and send us your favorite choir song. So we want you to participate in all three of those. And then finally, to engage you in that mystery group that just sang in the last track. So we can't wait to get your responses and get that discussion started and then share with you some of the things we have planned for the remainder of the year here in the choir room. There are going to be plenty of opportunities coming through the choir room for you to get involved in your church, community, school, or college choir, and even a special events choir here with Metro Music and Arts. And so stay tuned and share with a friend what's happening here in the choir room. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is, God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is the husband to the widow. God is the one with your answer. God is there when no one else is. How true and how appropriate. I hope you're hearing all of the hints and receiving all of the invitations here in episode nine of The Choir Room. Go tell a friend, share the Facebook page, and of course, make sure that you subscribe. Something's getting ready to happen, and we want you to be a part of it, right here in The Choir Room. Now remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next week.